Hello, hi guys. I hope um, if you're like me, your children are <laughs> somewhere um, not taking your attention and you're able to focus on this podcast. Uh, my little one is asleep, so I am excited to record tonight. Um, I was a little bit nervous tonight. I'm not even going to front. And I think because um, I've done heavy topics in the past, but my topics kind of got lighter during COVID because, you know, I became focused on um, that parent or that mom who was kind of navigating being a single parent during COVID, you know, just with the school questions and things like that. So to come back to, um, you know, co-parenting abuse, it was really interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited tonight to actually talk about this and talk about it, um, from a perspective of a year later, because obviously, you know, I'm a year late later deep into my co-parenting dynamic. So I can speak from a place of you know, growth. And I can also speak from a place of, um, more experience. Um, so my topic tonight is coping with abuse in co-parenting relationships. Um, and I think the, the, the last podcast that I did, um, that I've done, you know, focused on what that abuse looked like and, um, you know, digging deeper into, you know, certain things that people would be abusive about. But tonight, I think I more so wanted to focus on coping because, you know, a lot of people have the assumption that if there is abuse in a co-parenting relationship, especially when there are children involved, that it's a one, two, three, it's a um, get rid of this person. I don't deserve to be abused. You know, my self-worth qualifies me to not accept this, but sometimes we're dealing with what we're dealing with. And there are women who, you know, they don't necessarily feel like they want to stop their children's parent from being in their lives. And so they're just navigating the situations. Um, You know, there are tons of coaches out there who talk about, you know, dealing with narcissists, dealing with mentally ill people in co-parenting dynamics, dealing with controlling, de- dealing with borderline personality disorders in co-parenting relationships. So it is not obscure that, you know, at a point you just learn to cope with it. Um, and so I want to preface tonight by saying that this is a heavy topic and I want everybody to take a deep breath. Um, I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but, and not that I have like, you know, <laughs> you know, like thousands of people listening, but I, my hope is that if somebody listens to this, that they will find some comfort in the things that I have to say, or maybe not, you know, but, you know, again, this is my perspective. I am not a doctor. I, um, still delving into being a coach for this topic of co-parenting, but um, obviously still learning more every day, still digging deeper, still living it in, you know, still living my own truth about what I'm dealing with. And, um, 
you know, I probably will always be a co-parent. You know, I don't necessarily see my co-parent and I uh, all of a sudden falling in love and getting married. Um, so, you know, regardless of whether I move on from being, um, you know, from actually co-parenting a young child, um, that person and I will always be co-parents. And so therefore I will always be able to speak from a place of experience. So I know what I'm talking about basically. So, you know, I, um, first want to say that, um, when I started doing this podcast, I listened to a lot of podcasts about women and a lot of them, some of them were badgering the other parent, um, talking bad about them, saying bad things. And I always came from a perspective of if my daughter or, you know, if you have a son or a daughter, um, listens to this, how will they feel about, you know, the things that you're saying about the other parent and how will they interpret your words about their other parent? Because I always come, I'm, I've always followed the motto of they go low, you go high. Right. So I actually, um, appreciated Michelle Obama for, um, throwing out that, that quote years ago, because, that is the definition of co-parenting. Um, until they can go high, you always have to remain on a high equilibrium for your children, for yourself, um, for your mental health, you know, for your, for your physical health. Cause you know, for me, I am not a young co-parent. I'm in my forties. And so I know that, you know, eventually day by day I'm growing older. So I don't want to be in a position where I'm stressing out so much and I'm giving myself a heart attack so much that um, one day I become physically ill from dealing with things. So I've, I have always tried to come from a position of trying to keep it high. I don't necessarily think that everybody's situation um, is like that. I don't necessarily think some women go high. Um, I don't necessarily, I'm saying to go high because this other person that I'm co-parenting with is going high, you know, they might be going low, but my motto has been to stay on a high level. And I say that to say that I'm not going to say anything tonight to throw anybody under the bus. Um, I do not call out names on my podcast. I try not to tell other people's business, especially, you know, because there's three sides to a story. There is always your version, that person's version, and then truth. And so because that person is not on my podcast, um, I will never put myself in a position where I'm telling a story that you only hear my version and you don't hear that person's version. So I stay away from, you know, digging deep into the details of exactly what happens in my dynamic, but know that I can speak from a place of experience on all these topics that I come to you with. Um, I'm very excited tonight to dig deep into this. Um, I'm also excited that I am actually sticking to every two weeks on this podcast because, you know, for sometimes the topics were so heavy that I could only put out like one topic a month. And then I would just like be like, oh, this is so overwhelming. I can't come up with content. Um, but um, I decided to be consistent. Um, I think consistent consistency builds results. And, you know, my result is that, you know, I do want people to listen and I do want people to take a practical perspective on my life and the things that I'm saying. I don't speak from a place of 
so many big words that you can't understand. I'm a regular girl, you know, from New York who is dealing with certain things that I think all races may deal with, all nationalities. You may be a white woman dealing with a toxic co-parent. You may be a black woman. You may be Hispanic. You may be Mexican. So I think that there's something in my podcast for everybody that listens, and I try to keep it on the level of understanding for everyone. So I'm excited about that. Um, And so, yeah, I will continue to come to you every two weeks. Um, My page, Heart's Desire to Heal on Instagram, always has content. Um, You can always um, go into the link and dig into past podcasts that I've done. So um, there'll always be some form of content, even if it's um, not relatively new. So um, as you know, I stick to the format of 15 minutes, so I'm not going to keep you too long tonight. Um, So first thing I want to get into, um, you know, like I said, I'm not somebody who wants to dig deep into my personal business and throw anybody on the bus, but under the bus, but you know, I'm somebody that's dealt with a lot of different things. And I feel like these are some key points that I think that if you have them in your toolkit, you can definitely cope effectively with someone being toxic towards you or being abusive towards you, no matter what that abuse is, even if it's financial, physical or verbal. Um, You know, I grew up in a big family. I had um, seven Uh, brothers and sisters on my mom's side and five um, brothers and sisters on my dad's side. Um, My dad was extremely kind, loving. Um, But, you know, he came as I grew older, I realized that there were things that were going on um, in my home dynamic that, you know, might have led me to possibly being in the type of dynamic as a co-parent that I'm in now. Um, You know, my father was extremely, he was, you know, domineering, um, charming, but he also had two homes that he lived in. And so very early on, I think I learned that, or I learned from my mom that self-worth was a key issue. And so um, I think that's where I learned and I'm learning this right now as I'm speaking to you. It's so amazing. I never even like thought about it from that perspective. But from very early on, I think self-worth was not something that was taught to me. It is something that is continuously being learned. And so if you find yourself in this situation, you know, on a spiritual level, always remember that you are a whole person with a whole life. And there were things that were constructed out of your control sometimes and sometimes within your control that created the life that you have now, either through your thoughts, either through other people's actions or circumstances. Um, And so for me, that was the circumstance, you know, me having to share my dad with two different families, I think made me always feel like maybe devalued or not worthy and so I got, I always got into dynamics where people were extremely domineering over me. And I felt like I was always like fighting for their attention and fighting for their love. And so I feel like I got into, you know, a situationship <laughs> or um, dynamic with someone who, you know, I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't I didn't have much self-worth in that situation. So I dealt with a lot prior to um, my child coming into this world. And I don't I don't blame the other person because everybody comes to the table with their own life experience, their own story, you know, the things that make them who they are. And so they were functioning from a place of their own understanding. And I was functioning from a place of my own understanding. And so that's how I got here. Um, Actually not staying in that relationship, not being married to that person and obviously being a co-parent. And, you know, it sometimes, um, to be honest, there are things that can be abusive. There are things that um, can can definitely be borderline toxic. Um, and maybe you're a person in that situation, but you know, tonight I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, things that you can do to cope. The first thing, which you saw that I prefaced with tonight immediately when I started this podcast with, was not bad mouthing the other parent. Um, yes, this parent may be ridiculously crazy. This parent may be, um, you know, the most psychotic person in the world, but it's important to always not badmouth this parent specifically to your children. Of course, it's okay to talk to your family and your support system about what's really going on with you. Never sugarcoat, you know, abuse or, um, things that are, are, that are happening that are not, um, conducive or healthy to your well-being. Um, be honest about that and speak to people about that, but definitely not to your children. Um, you may want to because you may want to be like, hey, look at this bad guy or look at this bad woman doing these things to me. I don't want you to think that I'm the bad parent. This is why I'm moving the way I'm moving. This is why I'm not answering all calls. This is why, you know, I'm, you know, maybe doing an exchange at a police station or whatever like that. But, you know, always remember that the children our children, um, and definitely leave them out of it. You may have teenagers and, and, and grownups though, and that's a whole different dynamic. And then at that time you can decide how you're going to play that situation. I definitely think for children, it's definitely a, a, a great thing not to badmouth the other parent. Um, sometimes you have to remain still. And what I mean by that is there might be some form of verbal abuse Um, there might be a lot of manipulation going on, but sometimes it's best to kind of like do nothing. Um, and when I say that, I mean like retaliation, um, feeling like you need to reply to every disgusting text message you get, feeling like you need to do something to that person because they did something to you. And by no means, I just want to make it a hundred percent clear. Am I saying if you are being physically abused by a co-parent, which I hope not, that you should be still, I absolutely think you should call the police and, and, and do what you, you obviously feel is right for you, but words and, and craziness you know, abusive people, specifically people who are verbally or emotionally abusive are going to do a lot to get reactions out of you. And it's, and it's good to master, um, not always reacting to everything. I am a complete work in progress, um, with this because I think that I always want to defend myself and I always come from a posture of, um, I don't want people to feel a certain way about me. And that's my thing that I'm working on. 
And so it's always been difficult for me not to respond. I've always been the responder. You can always count on me to send a text message back. And trust me, I'm working on that, but it's not always like the healthiest thing to do. Um, Self-care. I think I've talked about this in another podcast. You absolutely need to self-care. So number three, self-care. You have to take care of yourself. I mean, whatever that means for you, even if that means you're somebody that likes to have your eyebrows in tip top shape every two weeks, continue to do that. Find time when kids are in school or they're with the nanny or they're with other siblings or they're with friends of the family or family to do the things that make you content. I mean, come on, we're dealing with so much as parents. So not to have that time where, you know, we can just decompress and just love on ourselves. I mean, you need a lot of love for yourself. You're probably somebody who, who, if this podcast is of interest to you or this topic is of interest to you, is somebody dealing with abuse in your co-parenting dynamic. So you need to take care of you. Um, I've been meaning to like go get a massage for weeks and I have to admit I haven't really, you know, done it due to COVID. I've kind of like been playing out what that scenario would look like. Like, am I, am I going to be wearing a mask? Like, are you going to be touching it? Your hands going to be clean. But, um, that's definitely something that I like to do when I decompress and like, kind of like shut down on everything that might be bothering me, um, I might not be having a wonderful month with this person that I'm co-parenting with and a massage is needed. Self-care is needed. Support system. And be really careful with this. And I think I've had to learn this very hard, the hard way. Um, Always take the temperature on how people are feeling about you consistently talking about your situation. A lot of people won't tell you, but they're getting tired of the same thing over and over again. And you know, I know I'm not <laughs> against any of these people, but a lot of people like to listen to what you have going on, give you advice and assume that when you got out of that conversation, it was easy for you to now pick up the phone and do exactly what they said for you to do. And that's not always the way abuse works. And that's not always the way it works when we're co-parenting, because we're always constantly, I feel like in our heads about what is my child going to feel? What is this relationship going to look like after I make this decision? So be very careful about who your supports are. You know, make sure that this is a person who is understanding, is a listener, um, is giving you sound advice, is not giving you toxic advice, you know, because we don't know how people navigate different issues. So we can't always listen to everything that everybody else is saying for us to do. Um, You definitely need to, whatever you choose to do, meditate on it, get clear on it, pray on it to figure out if your support system or the people that you're getting advice from, if it is sound advice, because ultimately you have to co-parent with this person forever and your children are, you know, they're going to be a part of both of your lives forever. Another thing, number five, so important, document. You have got to become a beast when it comes to writing things down, when it comes to recording conversations, when it comes to, even if you don't even like record conversations, but when it comes to keeping text messages, keeping emails, whatever form of conversation that you have with this person on paper or verbal, you need to have those things recorded a lot because 
abusive people will switch things around on you, will say they didn't say things. So you need to have definitive documentation on the things that are going on in this co-parenting situation, specifically if you identify with abuse, that person being toxic, you definitely want to document everything. Um, And, you know, worst case scenario, and I hate this myself, but I have to be open-minded about what people choose to do. I've been within the court system and I didn't like it, but for certain scenarios, I believe that if that's the route that you choose to take, that you should feel comfortable doing that. Um, For people who don't know how to stay within boundaries that are disrespectful, maybe verbal or physically abusive, maybe manipulative, don't they don't listen to you when things are getting like so volatile where you feel like there's no way out. That definitely should be something that you consider. Do I advise it? You know, it, it's really dependent on who you are. It's really like what your threshold is. Um, the court sometimes <clears throat> can get within families and totally destroy them. Or sometimes the courts can get within a family and make some good change. You know, I've seen families get into the court system and and progressively get better after that. Um, you know, families step away from courts after that. You know, it's really dependent on who you are, you know, and, and, and what your boundaries are, like what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. Again, this is that's an individual decision. Um, call, you know, and find out a lot of information before you decide to go through the court process. Um, because it can be very tricky. You have to know what your rights are. You have to know um, exactly what you can propel happening when you get courts involved, whether that be an order of protection or maybe changing a visitation order or, um, you know, changing where pickups and drop offs are. Um, recently, I've been reading a lot or um, doing a lot of research on mediation um, and mediation might be what works for your family. Um, I think that mediation works if there aren't abusive parents. And again, that's just my opinion. I think that if there is an abusive dynamic, there's a possibility that there is a party that will lie at mediation. There is a party that will not be listening during mediation. Um, A lot of different things can happen in mediation. So you definitely want to be very careful um, about mediation. Um, Absolutely. Get counseling for yourself, last but not least. You have to. Um, A lot of times I've avoided this because, you know, just being busy. But during COVID, you know, like everything just became like so compounded with working from home, um, kids being remote, um, you know, now trying to work around co-parenting because co-parenting changed during COVID because let's just say you were a parent who you guys weren't communicating, now you can't communicate about, you know, where the children are going, who's been tested. So I think co-parenting came with a lot of different challenges during COVID. And I'm sure a lot of people are filing documents left and right in the courts because of those documents, because of those um, things. And so, you know, definitely try to 
get yourself some professional help if you can. Doesn't mean that you're crazy. Doesn't mean that you're out of control. I always think that there needs to be a third party that's not invested in any of you guys. That's not your girlfriend that can just give you sound advice and treat you for, you know, the result of you maybe having to deal with an abusive situation. Um, also, please, please reach out to your local 311, no matter what state you're in. Um, every state has a 311 to um, get information on domestic violence help, whether that be counseling, um, support groups, whether that be how to navigate the court system. Um, they have domestic violence um, resources are great for people who um, don't know how to navigate co-parenting with a person who is toxic, who is abusive. And so those are the seven things that I think, or six things I think that'll be um, beneficial to everyone in coping. Um, I thank you for listening tonight. Um, this was a little bit hard for me because, you know, this podcast is intended to be 15 minutes tonight. I actually went to 25 minutes because I felt like I really wanted to like dig deep, deep into this, but I'm not going to go for too much longer. Um, please, please continue to check out my page on Instagram to know when new podcasts are coming out. Continue to come back and listen. I love you guys. Women are my heart. And so um, thank you again, anybody who's listening, who's supporting, anybody who likes posts that I put up, anybody who's following and thinks like, oh, you know, she's building over there. So, you know, in the new year, I'm going to do some revamping, maybe get myself some really good equipment for podcasting. So, you know, check it out. Come back. Um, Thank you again. And I pray that everyone has a wonderful evening. Bye, guys.